the heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Well, hello. We welcome you to this week's edition of the Masculine Journey Radio Show. We're glad that you're here. Always, when I hear that music, uh, I don't know why it's not Braveheart that comes to mind first. I just want to say something like Space, the final frontier, you know, and, and kick off that way. But that's a great way to start the show every week. And what we're really talking about there is this journey towards restoration uh, with our Heavenly Father and the things that go on along the way for guys, for men as well as women. So last week, we had a few guys here, Robbie and Sam and Vinny, and everyone but Sam is with us today, and we add Al Henley to our group. Today, I'm Dennis Breeden, and you guys talked about resolutions last week. So what better segue from resolutions into facing our fears? <laughs> because a lot of us come up with resolutions, and they go, oh, my gosh, I, now I have to face that. That's scary. It, is. it can be scary, <laughs> can it? Yeah, facing your fears. That's a, it's a situation. But I, th- I think it sort of came out of uh, this whole conversation about looking at resolutions. I know at Sam and I's church, one of the things our pastor Mike G is talking about is chasing the lines this year. Uh, and he's doing a, a lot of talk about uh, the faith walk and chasing after the lions in our lives. And he brought up this past week, he talked about facing your fears and one of the things, Robbie, that I think about that I hear people often say when we get into this whole discussion about fear as believers is fear and faith. And I kind of see it on this little, uh, what do you call those things, the yeah. weighing measures, scales yeah. that they used to have. And you're kind of measuring, well, if my faith is out of whack, then the fear is going to go up. If my faith is, is up here, then the fear is going to go down. Uh, and there have been some, we've had some discussions even in the pre-show meeting about the validity of that and how we're to view faith as believers and yeah, fear. It's, it's something that a lot of folks, in my mind, you know, jump to a conclusion there that I, I think it's worth some deep study mm-hmm. as to what, what exactly does help us face our fears and how do we work through some of those things. And we have some wonderful clips tonight to illustrate that very thing yeah we're going to do that this afternoon we're going to get to a a a clip right off the bat here but i before we do that i want to ask you al because i'm looking at you sitting over here and i know that you might have just a little bit different take on this whole fear versus faith issue we're not always in total agreement when we sit here well no and i think that we we all um like you said we interpret things differently you know when it comes to faith faith gives me strength Strength gives me the ability to fight a batter, a battle better, not batter, Betty. Um, but strength gives me the faith gives me the strength to fight the battle better, mm-hmm. stronger. Now, does that mean fear doesn't come in? I think fear is going to come at you no matter what. Um, John Wayne, I think, says it best. Um, courage is when you're uh, scared to death, but you saddle up anyway. Mm. So is if, if facing your fear is courage, then I think that. You just have to overcome it one way or the other. Yeah. Vinny, you look like we want to, you want to add in on that a little bit. I didn't know John Wayne said that. I thought I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Benny, John Wayne. The same well, in my book. When he did that movie about you in the Old West, that's probably <laughs> when, it, when it came up. Didn't you recognize me? I did. I okay. I, I think it was Marty McFly in that movie, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been Marty McFly. Because talk about somebody with some courage. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is another thing that we talked about, uh, that Mike G. talked about in, in one of his sermons this, this past week or the week before in Facing Fears was uh, he gave the example of having a, a conditioned fear to uh, heights, to high places. And he gave a story that went back to when he was a teenager working on a construction site. And he said, to this day, I'm afraid of heights. And so we can have what we call conditioned responses. I know that's a psychological term that a lot of people use, but we can have conditioned responses. And uh, Marty McFly of Back to the Future fame, which is kind of in our era, Robbie, uh, had a such response. So why yeah, don't you set you, that up for us? Yeah, one of the things you didn't want to do with Marty McFly is you didn't want to call him Chico, chicken or yellow. And in this clip, we hear a perfect example of what happens when, that, when you do that. You. Hey, lighten up, jerk. Mighty strong words, run. You man enough to back him up with more than just a pie plate? Look, just leave my friends alone. Oh, what's wrong, dude? You yellow! <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> yellow belly. Nobody calls me yellow. Let's finish it right now. Oh, uh, not now, Buford. Uh, Marshall's got our guns. Like I said, we'll finish this tomorrow. Tomorrow we're robbing the Pine City stage. What about Monday? We doing anything Monday? Uh, no, Monday be fine. You can kill him on Monday. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the palace alone. Yeah, right. When? High noon? Noon. I do my killing before breakfast. Seven o'clock. Eight o'clock. I do my killing after breakfast. Now, that happened several times in the Back to the Future movie series. And uh, whenever you heard that music coming up, when that question was asked, when somebody said yellow belly or chicken, you knew what Marty McFly's conditioning response was going to be. That's when the, it wasn't flight for him. That's when the fight kicked in. That's when I'm going to the fight. You just invited me and I'm in. And he's saddling up. But the interesting thing, if you watch the whole series, is that's a pose. I mean, he, he is posing that he has this courage. And actually, his redemption at the very end of the series of movies is when he finally turns down that, that offer to not be a chicken. And if you remember, it would have caused an accent that was going to upset his destiny, so to speak. But, yeah. you know, for a lot of us, we have that conditioned response which sets up a pose. And I think that's what Mike G. was talking about. Poor Peter, when he heard a rooster crow, it took him, you know, it was Satan's way of accusing him. Satan knew that was how I could flip his switch. I know how to get to Peter. And it's to sound like, you know, when, when, when that crow would cock and so one of the cool things that, that you said that he brought out in that sermon was when Jesus restored him which he restored him in community in front of everybody he did that at what time of the morning you know before breakfast when he did his killing <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Jesus did 
his killing after breakfast, right, Ron? <laughs> <laughs> Vinny, I want to get back to you for a moment because you're our resident veteran, amongst oh. other things, veteran of, of wars. And we were talking in our pre-show meeting about uh, this whole concept of fear and how you looked at it differently back then when you went to war. Because I said I'd have been the yellow belly at that point when they called me up to war. I'd have been headed for Canada probably, or at least under the bed. And you, how you looked at that when you were a youngster versus fears that you have today? Actually, from what I remember of it, and it's quite vivid sometimes, uh, there was no fear. We were too stupid. We were young kids. You know what I mean? You, you know, it was a question of, you know, you kill me or I kill you. It's, we weren't going to have a discussion about it, you know. Uh, and so I could honestly say that in my time I never looked for help from Jesus as I do now. Mm-hmm. Now I have the fear because I'm going blind, and this is really getting me, but... Uh, I just believe that this fear that I have, if I put myself in God's hands, it'll disappear. I may not be able to see, but I'll be able to see him mm-hmm. through dark eyes. And uh, that's really big difference. And when you're young, go to war, you're a kid, like I t- told you, yeah. 17, 18, 19 years old, that war. And it was neat, too, when we were talking before that Joshua, which Al, you made a great point on this. Joshua, when he was a kid and he went into the promised land, he's like, oh, yeah, we can take it. No problem, Moses. Let's go. You know, no problem. But later on in the book of Joshua, you know, God was telling um, Joshua time and again, be strong, be of good courage, because it was a different deal, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. When, when Joshua was young, can we take this as a nation? Yes, we can. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden it was, you're the leader of the nation. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm, I'm, can I do this on my own? Am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? And when, when that question comes up, the enemy wants to get in your kitchen and start cooking a mess. He wants to disrupt your thoughts, your hope, your faith, your strength. He wants to just bind you up. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of fears, and certainly there are some folks in the psychological world that have, that have defined a lot of fears. You can have fear of failure, uh, fear of a lot of things. And we get, they go from when we're kids and we're afraid of the dark, Robbie, to fear of failure. But uh, there's some guys walking around out there now, and I've been one of those people as well, and we'll probably address this in the clip coming back after the break because I think we're getting a little short on time. But there's also this thought of fear of succeeding. And what that uh, came away from the mic a second, so I want to say that again. Fear of succeeding, fear of success. And in a man's life in particular, since we're talking about the masculine journey, and in relationship to God, what that may mean for you. It may, in fact, mean that God's got something else down the road, and we're going, "Uh uh-oh, you know, if I succeed at getting through this, then what's going to be down the road, Robbie? Yeah, and I'm trying to think of the name of the book, but I know the author, what he said, and the quote was that, if you feel like you know what God's called you to do and you feel like you're competent to make that happen, then you probably don't know what God's called you to do yet because when mm-hmm. God calls you to do something, he will pull you out of that comfort zone and fear will be a part of that that I don't know that I can do that. But that's part of the joy of, of him j- joining you in the adventure of taking you further than you thought you could go. Yeah. And, and I think there's also a difference there because a lot of times it's humility, deep humility that who am I? Who am I to do this? 
that's not necessarily fear, but that humility can play a big part in the enemy can get in and build on that humility and make it fear. Yeah. I think God wants to going back to the Joshua story. And there was something that I'd pointed out earlier when we talked about it in scripture, when that comes about, if you, if you go back to Joshua one and you read it and it struck me, uh, Within the last couple of years in study of the scriptures, where I saw for the first time that for three or four different on three or four different times that God said, "Be strong and courageous." He kept coming back. He was trying to put in Joshua's mind that you 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 have courage, you can have courage, and you have courage through me. So we'll come back to that. We're, we've got a couple more clips that we want to share with you when we come back. We're talking with facing. Your fears today. That's what we're talking about on the Masculine Journey Radio Show. You can check out our past podcast at MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Those go back well into last year, and we invite you to go back and listen to those. Also, check us out on Facebook. At 18, Terry Fox was a university student. At 19, he was a cancer patient. At 21, he was a hero. Let's honor Terry Fox and support cancer research by joining Terry's Cause on Campus, college and university students coming together in an effort to fight cancer. Cancer affects us all, and we are stronger fighting it together than we are fighting it alone. Register today at terryfox.org slash Terry's Cause on Campus. Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. This is talent worth knowing about. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. to the Masculine Journey radio show. I'm Dennis Breeden. I've got Robbie Dillmore with me today, Al Henley, and Vinny Menino as well. Now, we do some different music bumpers at times. That actually was from a choir that I was involved in several years ago in Winston-Salem, Ardmore Baptist Church. Uh, in the ooze you heard in the background, Al, that was me and 20 of my closest tenor friends doing all the ooze there. But what I wanted you to hear in that, guys, and what I want you to hear listeners today um, this is taken from the, the text in that was taken from, I think, the 43rd chapter of Isaiah, where God was saying, be not afraid, I've rede- for I've redeemed you, be not afraid, I've called you by name. And he gave three winds, a passing through the, the waters, the floods, when you walk through the fire, you will not be consumed. A couple things struck me there in terms of facing your fears. One was that he said, be not afraid, over and over again. He said, be not afraid. So what does that mean to me in terms of facing my fears? Does that mean if I'm afraid of something that I'm not being obedient to God? The other thing that he made very clear is it's not if things happen to you in this life, it's when they do. It's not a matter of if they're going to happen, and because I'm a believer, all of a sudden bad things are going to stop happening to me. Uh, It's when this happens. 
And Robbie, I think you had an interesting take on this when we were talking about it earlier, and I wanted to kind of bring that up on air again as far as uh, what God maybe is really trying to get at us with those words. Well, to me, you know, in my own story, that uh, one of my favorite Bible verses forever is that perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment and love is not made perfect through fear. And so when I think about my kids cowering in the dark, that, that they were scared, whatever, how was it that their fear went away was when their dad came and put his arms around them and they felt like, wow, you know, my, my fear is going to get gone. Well, I had that same thing happen in my life that I used to be terribly afraid of the dark. And I tell this story often because it, it to me is a defining moment of Robbie Delmore's life was at one point when I, shortly after I came to Christ, everybody said, well, you got fears. You got to, you got to lay those at the foot of the cross. Well, I didn't know what in the world that meant, but I knew that I was scared to death of the dark and it was raining and it was dark and I was home alone. And so I went to God and I said, God, I don't know what it means to put this at the further cross, but I don't want to be afraid of the dark anymore. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And Jesus shows up for me and says, Robbie, what's the worst thing that could happen? And I said, ah, oh, somebody could come in here with a knife, ah, you know, and it, it's blood and this could be horrible. And he said, well, what would be so bad about that? And all of a sudden I reasoned, hmm, ah. You're threatening me with Jesus. This ain't so bad. I, I, maybe there's a way through it because the worst thing that could happen is I go to heaven, really? How cool is that? Mm-hmm. And as I reasoned through that, it, that fear didn't go away immediately, but over a few months it, it, it subsided and it subsided. Well, almost exactly a year from that date was when I was diagnosed with a form of cancer that was supposed to take my life in four or five weeks, according to what my sister told me and other people at the time. Mm-hmm. And immediately I had this thought of, wow, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> I get to go to heaven, really? This I'm being, I'm being threatened with Jesus here? And so it, it was a defining thing that, that for me at that point in my life that God gave me that fear of the dark interest or allowed that in my life so that he could work through this healing that he knew I would need in order for the rest of my journey. And I, and I go back to that scripture that I think that was the father putting his arms around me and saying, we're going to get through the dark together here. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. And and here's what that looks like. I think Al has a phenomenal verse that he puts with it that, he, that, that I think for him speaks a different thing. Well, if you go to Second Timothy chapter 2, it says, God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And, when, when, and I've heard that story twice, and each time I just get you know great joy because when you face a fear, you're not supposed to have that fear. That's not what God intended for you. It's not the spiritual... Um, life that he wanted so he gives you power which is the power of God which is what God spoken or God's presence did for um, Robbie and then love which he spoke love right into Robbie's heart mm-hmm. you know and s- let him know I'm with you and we're gonna get through this together and this is how and then the sound mind wait a minute what's the worst thing that can happen here that's that's the way and that's the way I've rationalized um, fears for myself uh, I know when I was in the Navy um, we were in the Persian Gulf and we had, um, we went to general quarters all the time. We were, there was a dangerous threat. We were in a combat zone. And at one point I just got sick of it. I got so sick of being afraid of the enemy. And I know <laughs> the general quarters thing was uh, going off. I was in the helo hangar. We had a gym there. And I just went to the side of the ship and I said, if you're going to kill me, 
Just kill me and get it over with. I'm sick of being afraid. And then I went down and took my position in general quarters. But at that point, fear didn't affect me the same way. There's still, like I had a fear of heights for a long time after that, but it's not, I would still go through it, but I would be terrified the whole way. You know, you know, I remember one time we went up to the top of the Sears tower. I think it's called something different now. And I got to where I could look at and I thought, wow, that's really cool. And somebody says, why don't you step out on the little skywalk? I'm like, I'm good. I'm fine right here. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't think it was going to fall, but it's not where I wanted to be. So we all face it differently. Yeah. Like I said, we've got a couple of more clips that we want to uh, deal with. And one that we're going to go through rather quickly, I think, from the movie Coach Carter. Uh, this is about a guy that was uh, hired to coach a, a basketball team. I think in Richmond, Virginia is where this actually took place. Uh, so he goes into this school where a lot of these a lot of these boys probably don't even have fathers that are living with them in their homes. And uh, see what you hear hear about them talking about the other side of fear, maybe a f- fear of success and what that may lead them to. So they can cut the chain off the door, but they can't make us play. We've decided we're going to finish what you started, sir. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear. Our presence automatically liberates others. Sir, I just want to say thank you. You saved my life. Can any of you guys hear yourself saying to our Heavenly Father, thank you, you saved my life? Absolutely, you did. And it saved my life so that it would be abundant while I was still here. But I get to do it forever, too. And I hear that clip, and I'm thinking, he's not really even talking about playing basketball anymore, is he, Benny? It's, it's, going, it's going way beyond that. No, he's not talking basketball. It's amazing that uh, the young kid could pick that all up at his age, you know, what he said. and He was grown up. You know, he grew up. And uh, to clarify something that I said before, you know, about kill or be killed. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe, Dennis, that, you know, in the 40s and 30s, we didn't have the knowledge. You know, we had radios, no TV, no computers, no nothing. We were ignorant to what was going around us. I don't mean in the United States. I mean in the world. Today, mm-hmm. if you turn on TV, if you don't come out of there with fear, saying, holy mackerel, look what is going on in this world. It's a whole it's a whole different story today. Yeah. And it's all about knowledge. So we've got a last clip, Robbie, that comes from uh well gosh, I saw this movie about fifty times over the holidays, I think, Home Alone. It airs over and over and over on different channels. And there's a part of that that uh when we talked about it that I'd never really would have made that connection to what we're talking about today and facing your fears. Right. I love it in that we thought the little boy stepped up and faced his fears and all that stuff, but at the end he has a savior. 
And, and it was one that he was afraid of to begin with. And so many of us are afraid to go to our father as he was to the guy with a snow shovel that actually turns out to save him. And that is the, that's the ultimate perfect love drives out fear. There he is! Hey, I'm calling the cops! Wait, 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 wait. he wants us to follow him. I got a better idea, come on. Hiya, pal. We outsmarted you this time. Get over here. What are you gonna do to him, Harry? I'll do exactly what he did to us. I'm gonna burn his head with a blowtorch. Don't smash his face with an iron! I can slap him right in the face with a paint can, maybe. Or shove a nail through his foot. First thing I'm gonna do is bite off every one of these little fingers, one at a time. <laughs> Come on, let's get you home. So in the end, uh, after all these elaborate plans and facing his fears, which you can see at the beginning when the guys are first coming to the door, that Kevin's a little frightened about this. You know, he's got this plan, but he's a little frightened about what he may be facing. Uh, who saves him in the end? Right. It's, it's the man with the snow shovel that he came to know through that relationship, and I think that's the picture. At is church. If, yeah, at church mm-hmm. is where he got to, to get into that relationship. And so, so much that fatherly picture of the guy with the snow shovel is, you know, I can't tell you how many times my, I was there fixed to cut off all my toes, but God showed up with a snow shovel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, and like I said, it's a, it's kind of a different way of looking at it. And it's interesting how at the beginning, all the kids were, uh, everyone was afraid of this guy. And, and I think we had that, we were talking about the fear of God earlier, Al, and the different ways we look at that. But, um, Facing our fears has a lot to do, I think, with looking at our Heavenly Father as being the one that's going to walk us through all this and keep us safe. And fear can be a comfort zone that we can't get away from because it's familiar. We don't know what it's like not to be afraid. And overcoming those fears is something you have to do with faith, with prayer. And when I say faith, you just got to let it go, just to quote a Disney song. When this beautiful little girl of yours... She's not so little anymore sitting in the studio. She's little enough. When dad comes and wraps her arms ar- his arms around her at night, then her fears go away. Yeah, that happened not too long ago, and I pulled her in bed with me, and she said, no, no, you don't understand. I want to cuddle. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you again next week on the Masculine Journey Radio Show. Check us out at MasculineJourneyRadio.org.